Just Our Real Estate, episode number 283. All right, guys, thank you for joining me today on Just Our Real Estate. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host, and today I have a great show for you, and I am really excited to dive in and start sharing some content with you. But before I do, I want to talk about something that I think is often not talked about enough. It's not emphasized enough in a lot of people's business. Everyone wonders, how am I going to find money? How am I going to fund deals? And what do I do once I get a uh, property under contract? And how am I going to hire contractors? And oh, I'm so nervous. But what people fail to do well and what I think is lacking in a lot of people's you know, goals for, the, for their business and what they're spending time on is they're not spending enough time generating leads. You are not a real estate investor if you're not generating leads. You can't get a deal without first getting the leads in the door. And how best to do that? Well, there's a lot of ways to do it, right? We've talked about them on the show a million times. You can use realtors. You can um, you know, network with other real estate investors you can you know put out bandit size you can do a lot of things but one of the ways that people are not doing it and not doing it effectively for sure is online lead generating websites and I'm talking about a website that when set up can deliver organic leads and by organic I mean you're not really paying for them or at least you're paying very little for these leads and they're coming through your website every day people are coming to you to sell their house and you get to sift and sort through all these leads and find the best ones that you can invest in. So I highly suggest that you make part of your business plan right now to get a lead generating website up and running and have it working for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is an often overlooked aspect of this business, but don't overlook it anymore. Go to my website at juststartrealestate.com on the right-hand side, click on the Lead Propeller banner. Now, what is Lead Propeller? Lead Propeller is it's a service that allows you, using their software, to set up a very, very nice lead generating website. It's a website that looks current. It's really interactive and it's a great, great looking site. But best of all, it works. It generates leads. Guys, I have one. I'm generating leads from it. You should too. Don't wait any longer. Go to my website at juststartrealestate.com. Click on the Lead Propeller banner. Go to Lead Propeller and check them out. It's dirt cheap to join. And in fact, the first month is free if you go through my website. So go through my website. Click on the Lead Propeller banner, check it out, get the first month free. It's completely risk-free because after the first month, if you don't think it's what you thought it was going to be or it's not everything that I'm telling you, then cancel and you owe nothing. But guys, I'm going to tell you, you're going to love it. You really should have one up. If you don't have a lead generating website, go there, check it out, get one up today. I know you'll be happy that you did. All right, on to the show. All right, guys, thank you for joining me on another Quick Point episode. I'm excited to have you here today. We're going to talk about market selection today. And I want to talk about a question that I actually get asked quite a bit. And the question specifically is, which markets are best to invest in? Or how do I know which neighborhoods or which areas of my city or which areas of my state are best for my invest in, uh, my investment model or or my strategy that I'm using in investing and you know it, there's a lot of ways you can answer this question it's actually a really good question it's something that you need to consider when you're starting out you can't just dive in and 
just start throwing offers out in in areas that don't make sense for you and you know deciding which market you're you're going to invest in primarily or which which one you're going to start in at least has more to do with the type of investing that you plan on doing than anything else in my opinion now there's other things that go into it for sure um but what I find in my market, and I know that this is true in other markets as well, as well, because I talk to investors all around the country and, in, frankly, in other countries, and what you end up having is, is markets that are divided between um, markets where it's conducive for flipping. There's a lot of people buying houses to live in and other markets that are more conducive to rentals where you know, the majority of people buying in the area are buying or are renting houses and not buying. So when you're picking a market or picking, uh, you know, a certain neighborhood or location within your, your, your target market, it's important to think about what you're trying to do and what your goal is. So let me give you some four examples to try to clear this up a little bit if it's a bit confusing for you. So if you want to be well, let's just start with wholesaler, okay? Wholesalers are neither buy and hold nor are they fix and flip by definition, right? Some wholesalers do fix and flipping and they do some buy and hold, but a pure wholesaler is buying a property or I'm sorry, putting a, a property under contract, right? They're, they're looking for motivated sellers, putting a, a property under contract and then usually they're assigning or selling that purchase agreement to an investor who's either going to buy and hold or they're going to fix and flip. So a wholesaler is kind of a middleman. They're finding the deals, they're locking them up under under a contract, and then they're assigning or somehow conveying their interest in that house to another investor who's going to do something with it, right? So if you're a wholesaler, and let's say that your buyer's list is interested only in fix and flips. You don't have any landlords on your buyer's list, but you have a lot of investors who wanna fix and flip. You wanna look in areas of the city where there is a lot of people purchasing houses to live in, not purchasing houses uh, as, as like a second income property, but people who are actually buying and living in those properties. And a lot of times you can, you can tell because the houses that are, are being purchased using um, a mortgage, right, or a bank loan, that's how you know that they're going to most likely, most likely, I say, not not all the time, most likely going to be living in them, at least in my area. Here in Michigan, rental properties are usually purchased with cash, and they're usually at, at or a lot of times, at an amount that banks won't, won't really finance. It's too low. So I'm kind of lucky and I'm and I'm kind of, you know, in a situation here in Michigan where the houses that that we're buying for rentals are usually under $100,000 and a lot of times they're under $50,000. So banks don't like to lend on that type of a loan or that that, you know, a loan amount. So it becomes kind of um, simple to see who is, you know, what areas are buying, hold what areas are areas where people are buying and actually living in the house. So if I'm a wholesaler and my whole buyer's list consists of fix and flip investors, I am trying to buy in areas where where they're getting an end buyer, right? Where, where they're getting people to buy these properties who are going to live there and raise their family or, or whatever, have their family there, right? Now, if my whole investors list or my whole buyers list is made up of 
of landlords, then I'm going to look in areas that are more conducive to buy and hold properties. And a lot of times these are going to be a little bit lower end properties or in areas where the houses are a little bit less expensive. And, and that's, you know, less expensive houses tend to be the rental houses because, you know, for, for, for cash flow purposes, or if you know if your landlords that you're on your buyers list are into ROI, if they want return on investment, if that's how they track their investments, then the lower um, the lower price point houses are going to have more cash flow, right? So when you take into account maintenance and and vacancies and you know more important taxes and insurance, and I say more important only because those are usually bigger dollar amounts, the taxes and insurance. Uh, you have to factor in then the cost of purchasing the property to come up with your ROI or your cash on cash investment um, uh, measurements or, or that's your metrics, right? So the lower uh, price point houses a lot of times make more sense as buy and hold. Really, really expensive houses normally are not going to make good buy and hold investment property. So which markets are best to invest in, right? That's what was the original question of this show. And the answer is, the areas that are best to invest in are the areas that match your investment criteria. If you are a fix and flip guy and you start buying houses in rental areas and thinking that you're going to be able to renovate them and flip them effectively, you're probably going to struggle. I'm not saying you can't do it. I, I And I know if anybody out there is an experienced investor and they go, you know, heck with that, I'll buy a house in a rental area and fix it up. As long as the numbers work, it'll work. That's true. But I'm just saying as a rule of thumb and especially for new investors, you don't want to invest if you're fix and flip you don't want to invest primarily in rental areas you're going to struggle a little bit because uh it just isn't the right you know it's just not the the fertile ground that you want if you're a fix and flip guy now if you're a landlord and you're looking for houses to buy and hold then yeah by all means go where where people are renting right so you, you go where your where your buyer is if your buyer is you know a, a family of four you know with you know two young children and, and a married couple if that's your if that's your market if that's your target market then that's where you need to be investing if if your buyers are landlords and ultimately renters then buy in a rental market so it's simple as that you need to you need to match what your goal is, what your investment goals are with the market. Now, there's also things to consider like price, right? So if you're a fix and flip guy and you go, I'm just going to go where they're fix and flip, right? They're buying houses here. But if it's outside of your budget, if you can't buy houses in a certain area because they're too expensive, you have to take that into account too, right? That makes sense. I think everyone kind of understands they can't buy more than they can buy. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to buy a house that you can't raise the funds for or get a loan for or whatever. So you have to stick within your budget. That's that's I think that's almost so obvious I don't have to cover it. So st stick within your budget, but maybe less obvious is make sure that your end buyer, whoever your buyer ultimately is, that is the area that you're buying your investment property. So keep that in mind when you're out there. It, it, it is a question that I get, so I, I know that people are wondering, and it does matter. Now, <clears throat> a lot of investors, especially experienced ones, will say, you know, make sure that if you are gonna buy a house, that maybe you have more than one exit strategy. So we're gonna talk about this one tomorrow, what your exit strategy is, and making sure that you have more than one so that you don't get stuck with a house if you maybe bought it in the wrong area an accident. So that'll be it for tomorrow, but that's it for today, guys. Get out there and get it done.
Remember, if you want to be a real estate investor, if you want to get involved in real estate and really do something big in this business, there's only one way to make that dream a reality. Just start. 